Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey gorgeous souls and welcome back to another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes. Today I'm very excited because we have Sophie Cliff with us and Sophie, if you don't know, is also known as the Joyful Coach. She is a certified coach and positive psychologist who uses her expertise to help people flourish by finding more joy and prioritizing well-being. She is also the author of Choose Joy, Relieve Burnout, Focus on Your Happiness and Infuse More Joy into Your Everyday Life and the host of the chart-topping podcast, practical positivity and Sophie also came into the membership a couple of months ago to be our joy expert so if you're in the membership then you're probably going to know all about Sophie's work already but welcome to the show Sophie how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me and thank you for that lovely introduction I'm well how are you today? I'm doing good, thank you. And I'm even more excited to talk about all things joy because I feel like joy is such a big topic in the manifestation sphere of like, you know, Gabby Bernstein always says like joy is the ultimate creator and joy is mentioned a lot. So it really excites me because we haven't had an episode on joy before here on the podcast to learn more about your work and learn how we can infuse joy into our everyday life, but help our manifestations as well. But before we go into all of your goodness, Sophie, I would love to know, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? So this is a big story. And I always caveat that it's easier to tell it in retrospect. It sounds very linear in retrospect. And as I'm sure you and lots of listeners will know, when you're going through it, it doesn't feel quite so, you know, easy and smooth. But for me, I had a very different life up until about six or seven years ago in that I was in the corporate sphere, I was chasing the like, the next goals, the next big thing, constantly rushing from one thing to the next. And Unfortunately, in 2016, my family suffered a really traumatic bereavement. We lost my young cousin Blossom. She was only four. And that for me, 
it's like a marker in the sand of like life before that moment and life afterwards. And the thing that I really remember from that time is that, you know, we go onto Instagram or Pinterest or you see all these notebooks with like, you know, life is short, you only live once, these quotes on them. And prior to that moment in 2016, I've been double tapping them and saving them to my Pinterest quote boards and felt inspired by those words. But I don't think I ever really felt the weight of them until I had that bereavement and really truly knew in my bones, life is short. None of us know how much time we have got there. And that was a turning point for me in making huge changes in my life. And again, it sounds like, you know, I woke up one day and made all these changes. In in reality, it was a good few years of back and forth and therapy and coaching and listening to all sorts of podcasts and reading all sorts of books. But essentially, I decided to walk away from my previous career. I retrained as a positive psychologist and as a coach. And the thing that really helped me through that that difficult time was focusing on those small joys. I couldn't feel happy. That felt like too much of a a stretch for me to say I feel happy or I'm going to set these huge ambitions. But what I could do during that time of grief was focus on the teeny tiny little glimmers of joy. And when I look back, those things really were what kept me getting up or what kept me putting one foot in front of the other, you know, really leaning into friends or nature or little things that brought me a sense of joy in each day. And that sort of healed me. And once I was, you know, feeling more myself once I was feeling better I wanted to help bring that to other people and I knew it had been such a huge thing for me and so that was really the catalyst behind me going back to university me retraining me starting my business and everything that I do now it was a tricky time and and I think it's important to share that because sometimes with the work that I do people say like oh it's toxic positivity or it's you know it's unrealistic to be happy all the time or good for you that you prioritize joy but your life looks great and I think it's important to remember sometimes that it can be in the really difficult times that this work can feel even more important. Absolutely absolutely and I feel like as you can imagine I've asked what is it now over 150 people on this podcast guess you know that question and I hear all sorts of responses but the one kind of real I guess weaving theme which I hear a lot and obviously I can resonate with my own awakening story as well is around that grief is around that loss of whatever it is loss of a dream loss of a person like in your instance Mm -hmm. um, loss of a family member so it's really interesting how like you say it's not all about the fluffy like woo positive vibes only kind of like Mm -hmm. content it's actually sometimes in the real real depths and trenches of life that we learn our biggest lessons and we have those big epiphanies and life-changing moments of I don't want to do this anymore you know I want to help people be joyful and I think it's interesting you say that you couldn't quite stretch to happiness and you know obviously rightly so so actually joy was the next best thing because I don't think we necessarily always associate joy with different to happiness so I thought it was interesting that you said that you obviously couldn't reach for the happiness but then reach for joy instead I think that's really interesting so going off the back of that then Sophie what does joy mean to you yeah so I always like to separate those two things because I think happiness often feels circumstantial it's something that happens because you know everything's going well or we're going on holiday or it's Christmas or it's our birthday or we get a new job and we feel that happiness as a result of a circumstance and 
what really excites me about joy is it's something that we can purposely cultivate. It's something we can seek out, even when that happiness might not be available to us. And I think joy for me is a big part of it is being present, being like in our lives right now and, you know, accepting our lives as they are. Like I said, during that time of bereavement, there was a lot that wasn't joyful. There was an awful lot that wasn't joyful. But by tuning in, in each day and thinking, that friend loves me enough to reach out and send a text or that neighbor just dropped around a lasagna and is showing me that they love and care for me in that way. Or I can get outside and I can see a rainbow and that gives me like a little bit of hope and optimism. Those moments of presence of being grateful for what I had in that moment, they were glimmers of joy. And I think that's what joy is. It's being here now, it's being connected. It's often, you know, about being connected with others, but about being connected with ourselves essentially. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simple. It sounds like so run of the mill, but most of us aren't present most of us aren't connected in the moment we are living in the future or we're living in the past or we're worrying about tomorrow or we're writing our Christmas lists or you know we're always like jumping forwards into something else or looking back and for me joy is being where we are now and having that sense of presence and connection Mm, I totally feel that and I feel like even from my own sort of like healing journey over the years absolutely it's those glimmers of joy it's those moments of almost I don't want to say like relief but it it just kind of feels a bit lighter doesn't it of actually there's something magical in that moment that I can witness and I can connect with that brings me into the present moment and I think that like you say there's so much magic in the present moment Mm -hmm. and even from like a manifestation perspective you can only manifest your desires in the present moment you can't manifest them in the past or the future so it's really really important that we are in the present moment and I always love finding those joyful moments and I guess it kind of ties into like romanticizing your life and you know finding those small glimmers in the day of joy of whatever feeling that you're trying to invoke and I think those smaller moments then contribute to the the bigger aspect of life and the more overall feelings and emotions that we feel and I I keep saying I don't know too much about it but I keep seeing this thing online about glimmers instead of triggers and it's like a glimmer is when you find a moment of like joy and presentness and it's a happy it's a happy moment and I think it's kind of named a few things in terms of like romanticizing your life and joyful moments as we've said but it all kind of ties into the same theme which I love and I think in those moments when we are going through really really deep deep healing or lessons or the trenches of life as I call it I think those moments are everything in those dark times isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And something I always like to share is that joyful living isn't about being joyful 24-7. It's not about Mm -hmm. expecting things to always be perfect or positive, because that's just not reality. You know, we can only do the best with what we've got. But what I say joyful living is, is giving the good stuff as much attention as we give the bad stuff. We know we've got an inherent negativity bias. We are already really, really skilled at worrying and thinking about what could go wrong and replaying all of our worst moments in our head. And, you know, that's something that we are already skilled at as humans. Joyful living is giving that same energy and focus to the good stuff as well. It's not saying the bad stuff doesn't exist. It's not ignoring all of that. It's not toxic positivity, but it's going, how can we replay the good moments of our life with as much intensity? How can we be present for those joyful moments of connection or those like, yeah, those 
parts of our day that feel like we're in like a, a main character energy how can we give them as much energy and focus as we do the bad stuff and I love that like whether it's romanticizing your life or looking for those glimmers because it that helps us it trains us to spot the good stuff so many of us are just missing the good stuff we're sailing right past it and you know they always say joy attracts more joy if you're yeah. grateful you attract more reasons to be more grateful so I think when you're again highlighting like you say those joyful moments or glimmers or whatever you want to call it um, you're more likely to find more of them because you're attracting them you're like you say looking out for them more so you're going to see them more so I think it only amplifies positivity in a aligned way like you say not in a kind of like avoidance way or a bypassing way but actually in a way where it's like okay I can honor my feelings I can honor my emotions here and now and what season of my life I'm in but I can choose to still see that and choose to still celebrate that and feel that lightness with it as well which I think is important but we're coming to the end of 2023 this is the last guest episode of 2023 so as we head into new year because obviously everyone's going to be listening to this ready for new year get all their like new year's intentions ready get manifesting for 2024 how can we sprinkle more joy into our everyday life from January if we were going to do like a little reset or a little habit we could do from the 1st of January for example how could we sprinkle more joy into our everyday life yeah I've got a couple of little things I always find it hard to to narrow it down to just one one is something that you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago which is gratitude so there's been loads of research done that shows the most joyful people are also the most most grateful people there is such a strong correlation between gratitude and joy and I think what is so powerful about gratitude at this time of the year is January brings with it a lot of expectation, a lot of comparison, a lot of pressure and outside noise. And when we get stuck in that, we lose that connection with ourselves. We lose that connection with our own intuition. Gratitude brings us back to our own life when we can really be present and like focus on what we love about our own lives. We're less likely to compare. We're less likely to chase goals that are not ours. They're other people's. We're less likely to feel like we're failing to meet other people's expectations. So gratitude would be a big one. And there are loads of different ways we can practice gratitude. You know, a good old gratitude list. Something I often like to encourage people to do is to think about what they have in their life that their grandparents would have like killed for. Because I know like there's so much stuff I take for granted every day from being able to work, being able to work from home, being able to live an hour away from my mum and still FaceTime her every day, like the connections that I have, all of the, the different work I'm able to do. That is stuff that my maternal and paternal grandmothers didn't have access to. So that's a nice way to think about it and to just sort of remember how much abundance that we have in our lives is to just see what do we have that a couple of generations ago wasn't possible. So gratitude would be the first one. The next thing that I always encourage people to do is to focus on what they can control and let go of what they can't. And again, it sounds so simple, but so many of us are pouring energy into stuff we can't control. We're complaining about, you know, the fact that the train was late, or we're complaining about the person that we sit next to at work who's always miserable. Or, you know, even I remember during the pandemic, it was so easy to think about, oh, we should have been at a wedding this weekend, or we should have been going on this holiday. That stuff we can't control. So how can we channel that energy into stuff we can control? can't control the fact that the train is late. What we can control is I'm going to choose my favorite podcast to listen to on that journey, or I'm going to use this extra time on the platform to 
do some visualization or to think about my manifestations or to write a gratitude list. So starting to put that energy into the stuff that we do have power over, because again, as humans, we like to know that we've got some sort of autonomy and power over things. And so being able to let go of the stuff we can't control and focus on what we can is another really, really big thing. And then the last thing um, that I would like to share with people, particularly at this time of year, is to set those intentions to be really intentional. January is a time when, like I say, other people's goals can creep in, other people's expectations can creep in. I see so many people burning themselves out in January because they're like, this is going to be the year that I do this, 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 this. And they're like piling the stuff up. And then when I ask my clients to, to do something different and to think about how they want to feel within the year, often what comes in is more authentic, more gentle, more truthful. So be intentional instead of just like picking the goals and thinking we've got to do everything in 2024. Think about how you want to feel this year and what actions and priorities really align with that feeling. Because if you want to feel really calm this year, packing out every weekend probably isn't going to get you there. Or if you want to feel really abundant this year, thinking about all the things you want to change or lose might not, you know, might not lead to that, that, that sense of abundance. So be intentional and start with that feeling. That's going to lead you down a more joyful path than just sort of feeling like you have to do everything. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And it's funny, isn't it? Because I see it as well in my work. We do the New Year manifesting challenge every year. And it's like we build this momentum and it's amazing. And obviously in there I teach like, you know, make this sustainable. You do not want to just go all out in the first week and then have this like hangover um, afterwards where you're like, oh my God, how can I keep this up? You know, it's making it sustainable, isn't it? So that Mm -hmm. it's a habit, not just something you do for a week, you see a result with, and then you're like, oh, I'm not feeling as great throughout the rest of the year, or I'm not feeling that momentum like I did. So I think it's good to, yeah, create that sustainability, like you say, Mm -hmm. but in a way of feeling. And I think that's something I always highly resonate with myself and, you know, share because it is about feeling. It's not just about the thing you want to manifest because you can manifest that thing, but feel awful and hate it. And it's not the best thing in the world. Whereas you want to feel joyful, feel, oh my gosh, pure happiness with that thing. So I think, yeah, the feeling is a really important part for the acting as if process, but also in the intention setting as well. And um, I'm the biggest preacher of gratitude, Sophie, like it is the number one thing that I'm like, if I could say anything, you need to do gratitude. Um, Gratitude is the best attitude, as they say. But one thing I'm actually going to try this year, which I saw recently, and I was like, you know what, that is a really good idea. And something I've like never heard of and never thought of before is instead of making a vision board making a gratitude board like so it's like a vision board but it's for all the things that you currently have in your life like all the things you've manifested and I thought you know what this is a spark of genius because we're always creating vision boards of like I want to manifest this or I want to call that into my life and it's very like future thinking whereas when we have the gratitude board as well it's like, okay, well, here's the vision and goal and that's good to have. But also I can look at this gratitude board and think, wow, like look at all the amazing things I have in my life right now. Look at all the things I've manifested so far. So I'm going to do that this December because I was like, do you know what? Like, I think that's really good to try as well. Yeah, I love that. And there's something really key in that, that we forget to stop and celebrate everything Mm -hmm. we've already done. And again, in that feeling of like, 
abundance and creating that sense of joyfulness it's so important and what else I love about that gratitude board is we often forget to be grateful to the past versions of us Mm -hmm. and that's a really important part as well is to be able to go this life that I've got now all of this stuff that I'm grateful for was because past me did the things that were scary and pushed themselves out of their comfort zone and took chances and was brave enough to want something different and that again it, it shows our brain that we can do that again. We can get out of our comfort zone again. We can make things happen. We can change things. And I think that's really important is, you know, I, I often liken it to anyone can create a plan. Anyone can write a budget and say, here's how much money I've got coming in. Here's how much money I've got going out. Sticking to that budget is a whole other, you know, minefield because there's emotion, there's limited beliefs, there's all that stuff. And the same is true with planning for a new year. We can all make a vision board, we can all make a plan, but actually taking the action and staying in the mindset and staying in the place where we can trust that that's going to come to life, that requires evidence that it's safe and that we can change and that we can do that. And I love the idea that 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 gratitude board shows us that we can make that change, that we've already done it before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as I mentioned earlier, Sophie, a lot in the manifestation sphere is obviously Gabby Bernstein's quote of joy is the ultimate creator. And it's definitely a term I live by and I share so, so often in all of my work. But why do you think joy is the ultimate creator when it comes to manifesting our desires? So I'm going to come at this both from like a science angle and then a spiritual angle, if that's okay. So the science angle is that we know why we experience negative emotions, right? So when researchers have looked at why we experience things like anxiety or stress or that kind of stuff, we know it's because it triggers our survival response. So when we feel under stress, our brain shuts down part of the the cognitive functioning and it sends all the blood to our arms and legs so that we can run away because our brain doesn't know yet that we're like in the 21st century and we are, um, you know, we're not always running away from lions and tigers and that kind of thing. So we know that's what happens when we experience a negative emotion. The opposite is true when we experience a positive emotion. So when we experience something like joy, we can access more of our brain. It's the place where we are more creative, where we are more likely to reach out to other people. We are more likely to connect. And that in turn helps us to build new resources. So this is based on a a theory called the broaden and build theory, which comes from positive psychology. So if we're more creative, if we're connecting with more people, if we're coming up with more new ideas, we're more likely to build new networks to, you know, get different opportunities to get in front of different people, which in turn helps us to transform. So we know that from a science perspective, just how positive emotion impacts our brain basically creates new opportunities for ourselves. But I think we can also then layer on that spiritual angle of when we feel good, we are more likely to do things. We are more likely to keep doing the things that make us feel good. And that in turn, you know, I think joy really allows us to take that inspired action. It's all well and good sort of saying, here's how I want to feel. Here's what I want to do. But if you're feeling crap, if you're waking up and you're feeling sluggish and you're feeling like, I hate my life, I don't like this, that person's driving me mad. You're not going to do the stuff that is going to help you to manifest your desires. You're not going to you know, take care of yourself. You're not going to eat well. You're not going to get enough sleep. You're not going to put yourself forwards for something that you would otherwise not put yourself forwards for you're not going to go out with your friends all the stuff that creates that that you know feeling of acting as if and feeling as if we can take that inspired action it relies on that joy and what i love about joy 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. is that it's like an upwards positive spiral. So we don't have to wake up tomorrow feeling 100% like tap dancing out of bed to get the benefits of this. We can just focus on one or two things that, you know, bring us joy, a couple of little moments throughout the day. And that can be as simple as like, I've got five minutes with a hot cup of tea, or I chatted to the postman when they dropped my delivery off, or a friend sent me a text, or, you know, I got out for a walk. It doesn't have to be big, exciting stuff. But when we connect with that, that creates that positive feeling, which is going to help us to to take more positive steps forwards, which in turn will create more positive feeling. So it builds really quickly. That small, small step quickly leads to us doing some pretty, you know, exciting and game-changing things. And I know you will see this in your work all the time. So there's that science angle, just like in terms of how our brains work, feeling good, opens up more of our our cognitive functioning, which allows us to spot different opportunities to be more creative, to build new networks, to meet new people. But also the, the better we feel, the more likely we are to take action that brings us closer to that manifestation. And the more likely we are to believe that that manifestation is possible, which in turn keeps our eyes open to those different opportunities. The amount of times in my own life, things have happened and things have manifested that I didn't know how they were going to work. I had no plan for it. It felt so random, but it was at a time when I was feeling really good and I was focusing on joy and I was really grateful for my life. That has happened, you know, 10, 12, 15 times on like big scales in my life. And I there's really something in that, I think, of being open to opportunities and possibilities when we are feeling good. Absolutely. And it's it's that letting go and surrendering, isn't it? Because I 100% agree when we're in the present moment and we're in that letting go and surrendering stage, it is about being in the present moment. Yeah. And when we're in the present moment, we're feeling joy. We're focusing on all the opportunities in our life. We may not be directly turned to that manifestation like focus, focus, focus. You know, we're mo- more than likely going to be focusing on the whole picture and yeah. busy with something else or whatever. So actually when we're in that, as you say, that kind of capacity for joy, and we're in that container of joy, it's just going to bring those opportunities, those manifestations, abundance of all forms in, plus those big manifestations as well. And I 100% agree, every single time I've manifested big, 
desires. I've been joyful. I've been joyful. I've been in that energy. And I think there's so much that we can take away from joy. And I love that we're differentiating it from happiness as well, because I think for some people, they may think, gosh, that just feels like a huge, huge step away from where I am right now. But actually, when we just focus on joy, it makes it so much more attainable for the present moment. But also it's that kind of like um, better thought feeling, isn't it? Of like that next step. We're not looking at the whole 100 steps to the desire or whatever. It's it's that next step, that step that can bring us closer to joy, closer to the feelings and the version of ourselves who has that desire. So I love that. I love everything you shared there, Sophie. It was just so amazing. Um, and I think it definitely, it's great to hear the science perspective as well, because obviously here on this podcast, we hear about the spiritual perspective all the time. So it's good to have some stats and statistics with that as well of how, how our minds work with it as well because I think a lot of people maybe don't know how that works but let's talk more about the mindset then because this is always intriguing for me I love diving into the inner work so why do you think or sorry what do you think blocks joy in our life and how can we overcome this yeah so there are a few big things that I see block joy one is that sense of like just belief that it's possible you know so often if we have built this negative mindset and we all have that negativity bias but if our experiences have entrenched that it can be really hard to step away from it and it can feel really unsafe to choose joy a lot of the time because you know it's not been modeled to us it hasn't been shown as a safe option but I think the biggest thing I see with my clients is a sense of feeling deserving of it and a sense of feeling like it's okay for us to want joy and it's okay for us to prioritize it particularly as women, we have been told that the way to be a good woman is to be selfless, to put everybody else first, to work hard. You know, how often do we hear like nothing worth having comes easy? And if it was easy, everyone would have it. Everyone would be doing it. And it's ingrained in us from the get go that we are good if we are always working, if it's always hard, if, you know, we're always showing up for other people. And therefore, joy feels like a pretty unsafe thing. It feels like something we have to earn that, you know, we could only get to joy if we tick everything off our to-do list or we've met everybody else's needs. And that is a real, real blocker because sometimes we can sit there and we can know joy is something I want, joy is really important, you know, I can reel off all of the benefits of joy and how it impacts our relationships, our chances of success, our health, we can know all of that logically and cognitively, but if we don't like have that sense of self-worth and that connection with joy and we don't know that we already deserve it and we are already worthy of it, that can get in the way of us sort of behaving in a way that prioritizes that and the one thing that I would always encourage people to do is to just gently start to feel like joy is a safe option. And you might be listening to this thinking, I know I want joy. I know joy is safe for me. I'm trying to prioritize it. It's just not coming my way. If for whatever reason there is any slight block or you're struggling to get to the things that bring you joy, I want you to just experiment with letting it feel safe. And we can do that in tiny, tiny ways. So Just, you know, at the end of the day, giving yourself five minutes, not planning anything for that five minutes, just allowing yourself to be, to notice what you need in that five minutes. You know, is it a cup of tea? Do you want to read your book? Do you want to do your nice skincare? What is it? And giving yourself that thing and noticing how you feel as a result. And that noticing is the really important bit. When we can start to connect experiencing joy 
with all of the positive stuff that comes out the other side, that's when our brain starts to see this is not just safe, but it's actually really, really vital. You know, if we can see we are more present friends or partners or parents, when we've had that time for joy, that's going to make it easier to prioritise. If we can see that our work thrives when we allow ourselves to do the things that we enjoy, that's going to allow us to prioritise it a little bit more. So we've essentially got to become safe with it because what we've heard from the get-go is that it's not safe, that it's something that we get to in retirement, that it's something that's fluffy, that it's something that is for other people, that it's somehow makes us selfish to prioritise joy. And All that I would say to that is that we are other people's models of the world. And particularly if you have children in your life, whether that's your own children or nieces or nephews or whatever it might be, there's lots of research that shows children don't do what we tell them to do. They do what they see us doing. And so if you want those children to be happy, if you want them to prioritise joy, they have to see you prioritising that joy to know that it is safe, to know that that is an option for them. And if that can be the motivation to start to start to become familiar with joy, to start to invite it into your life, let it be. You know, in an ideal world, we would all do it because we just feel worthy of it and because it's something that, you know, is our birthright. I truly believe that, that joy is a, a human birthright, that it's a, a really vital part of our experience here on earth. But if you're struggling with that, maybe let that be the motivation that you are someone else's model of joy. You prioritising it allows the people that you love to start to prioritise it too. And just start to experiment, be in it for 10 minutes. Notice how you feel as a result. Notice, do you are you more likely to take care of yourself when you felt that joy? Are you more likely to be patient with others? Are you more likely to you know, be a better member of your community? Are you more likely to show up at, like more um, presently at work? What gets better? when you prioritize it so that we can start to feel safe around joy a hundred percent I truly truly believe that as well because I always remember Brad Yates coming into the membership a few years ago and he said we did a tapping round on feeling safe enough to receive our desires and it was a really pivotal moment for me where I thought damn do I feel safe enough to receive my desires? And I didn't at that time. So it was really like a, a turning point for me to have that epiphany of, oh, do I feel, does it feel safe enough to have this desire in my body, in my life? And I think it, it, starting off with those small inquiries, isn't it, around inquiring whether it feels safe to have joy in your body, safe to have joy in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even just repeating, this is what really helped me is just repeating a, a mantra and affirmation each day of it's safe for me to receive, it's safe for me to have this, it's safe for me to have joy. So create a, a better affirmation than that. But I think um, it's important to just start off with that small confirmation to yourself every day, so that it does ingrain and it does become that belief. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, you know, we talk so much, don't we, about fear of failure and us not wanting to put ourselves out there in case we humiliate ourselves or we fail. And actually, what I see with my clients so much more is instead of fear of success, a fear of joy, a fear of, Mm. well, if everything goes right, who am I? And what does that mean for my identity? And what does that mean for my relationships? And what does that mean for what's expected of me? And subconsciously, that is so often the thing that is holding us back is that, like success, joy, abundance, the the things we want to manifest might not always feel safe. So we sometimes just have to do a little bit of tweaking behind the scenes to start to open up to that. But the great thing is, is that we have this thing called neuroplasticity. Our brain paths, our neural pathways can be rewired 
until the day we die, we can change the way things are wired. So just because it might feel unsafe now doesn't mean that that's how it's always going to feel. And things like affirmations, things like experiencing it and noticing that it is safe, that can really start to to rewire our brain so that it can start to feel, yeah, completely safe and not just safe, but a, you know, a a rich, like fertile ground for everything that we want to build on. Mm, Absolutely. I love that. So one of my last questions to you then, Sophie, is more around sustainability, because you've shared some incredible insights, tips, tools that we're all going to go away and try. But I really love talking about making it sustainable, because as I said, with the new year, it's so easy for us to just go all in, chuck everything at it, do every ritual, every tool and do so many different things at New Year. So what are your top tips for being intentionally more joyful and making this sustainable throughout the year? Yeah, I've got a couple of things here. So I'm going to go back to that idea of focusing on the feeling, because I think when we focus on the feeling, we we do things in a more sustainable way. So, you know, say we have a goal of we want to change our career this year. It's so easy to get into January and think, okay, I'm going to update my cover letter. I'm going to apply for five jobs a day. I'm going to listen to every careers podcast. I'm going to do all of these things. And that's not necessarily going to feel very joyful. That's going to feel very high pressured. It's going to feel very stressful. It's going to feel very exhausting. So if we want to feel joy, if part of like changing our career is that we want to feel inspired and joyful and more motivated, how can we keep hold of that feeling in the process of making that change? So is that that actually you just want to be in a room with really inspiring people and see what you take away from that? Is it that you want to, you know, listen to a certain podcast or read a certain book? Is it that you want to find a mentor? Like what's actually going to feel inspiring in the process? So instead of just always thinking about what's the quickest way to achieve a change, try to think about the feeling, like the feeling at the end of that change and how you can bring that into the process. Another thing that I would say is that imperfect action gets us places much faster than perfect action does because when we expect ourselves to be perfect what happens is like you say in January we do everything we write the gratitude list every night in our neatest handwriting and we fill in the journal and we you know do the meditation we do all the great stuff and then by maybe like the 14th or 15th of January we're exhausted the journal goes to the journal graveyard. I don't know if anyone else has that where it's like, you know, I did it in my best handwriting for six days and then I forgot all about it. And that that doesn't get us anywhere. That doesn't create any change. So think about like showing up imperfectly. It might be that you do the gratitude journal on more days than you don't, or you're not 100% ready to, you know, your CV isn't 100% polished, but you're going to send it off anyway. Or like you might not have 10 minutes to do a meditation, but you might be able to stand in the queue while you're waiting to pay for your food shopping at the supermarket and just be present and just notice how you're feeling in that moment. That imperfect action, that messy action amongst the chaos makes a change. So don't expect, like don't ask yourself to be perfect. Instead, show up anyway and notice what happens because doing something, you know, a couple of times a week, once we're two, three months into the year, that's a lot of weeks you've been doing something for. So it's better to start small and imperfect and and keep that, that going. And then the last thing that I want to share in terms of keeping it sustainable, it, it relates back to what you were saying earlier on about celebrating the wins. I always encourage my clients to keep a done list. So at the end of every week, we think about what we didn't get to on our to-do list. We think about what we didn't manage. We 
like groan as we add it to next week's to-do list and beat ourselves up. And instead, I encourage people to just take a moment to focus on what they did do, because usually we've done 90% of the things on our to-do list, but we're just focusing on the 10%. And what that does is it keeps us in that lack mindset. It keeps us in that negativity bias. So a really quick way to just flip is to focus on what have you done? And I write that in a Google Doc every Friday. I have done for about four or five years now. And it helps us to just see that momentum building, which keeps it sustainable. Because, you know, again, once you're a few weeks in and you can see this long list of everything you are achieving, everything you are doing, that's going to build that sense of motivation. And it's also going to build that sense of confidence that you can show up. We all, maybe not all, but many of us have this belief that I've tried it before, it didn't work. I've tried to make a change and I didn't do it. I'm flaky, I'm lazy, whatever it might be that our inner critic tells us. The more evidence we can gather that that isn't true, the easier it's going to be to sustain that change over time. And it's also going to create those glimmers of joy because if we can start to see, I've just done something that back in January would have felt really overwhelming or really scary. And now it's just part of like, you know, my weekly process, that's going to feel really, really good. And that's going to attract more of that, that joy. So keeping track of what you're doing, it doesn't have to take long. I do five minutes on a Friday. I don't just add big shiny stuff. I add like everything from, you know, sat down and like recorded this episode with you, met with a coaching client, did some writing. Like I will add just all of the little actions I've taken and then you can start to really see what you are doing and the impact you are having and the the effort that you're putting in, which is going to help to make this feel more sustainable over time. I love that. I love all of those tips. They're all so good. So I'm sure we're all going to be doing them come January or even now, even now in the last week of December, we can, I think it's always, I always say start now, not on the 1st of January, because then you've already had a week behind you of habit and ritualizing it and making it a you know a pattern that you're you're doing so actually come the first you're already feeling that joy you're already feeling that momentum to then set those intentions and do the little rituals you want to do to set your desires for the year so um thank you for sharing those there fab so my last question then sophie is what is one piece of life advice that you'd like to leave my lovely listeners with today oh oh this is such a good question I think that the one piece of life advice is that it's never too late to make a change. I think something that held me back for years from changing my career, because I wanted to change my career long before I had that bereavement, but I always just thought it's too late now. I'm like eight, nine, 10 years in, I've been doing this for a long time. Or, you know, in other things that I've thought about, we, we hear that all the time. It's too late. I've missed the boat. We're sold so much about this idea of, 30 under 30 lists and make it before you're a certain age and be that, you know, you are set as the type of person that you're going to be by a certain age. And I really just believe it is never too late to make a change. It's never too late to start choosing joy. My life looks like incredibly, incredibly different now than it did five years ago. Five years ago, I was commuting up and down to London I was working in a really busy office managing a team of 80 people I was burnt out I was sad I was run down I was sick and my life is so different now and five years might sound like a long time but it's gone by an absolute blink of an eye and I think that story that we tell ourselves that it's too late to change for the majority of people who are listening to this podcast we've still got decades and decades ahead of us it's not too late we can change and it starts by choosing to make that change and starts by choosing a more joyful life for ourselves you know 
giving up, having the courage to do that, to say there is something better out there for me and I'm going to allow myself to choose it. Unfortunately, no one's going to come and knock at our door and say, you're great. Here's like a better life for you. Here's the reward for all of the effort you've been putting in. It's just not going to happen. So we have to choose that for ourselves. We have to give ourselves permission to want that. And I think as people are looking ahead to 2024, imagine how good it could get. We're really good at imagining what could go wrong and like how we might fail and you know why things might not happen but imagine how good it could get I couldn't have imagined what my life looks like right now five years ago but it started by making those little changes choosing to build something more joyful for myself and over time that snowballed and it's built so yeah I think that would be my my piece of life advice it's not too late I love that and so true as well like seven years ago when I had my spiritual awakening gosh I could never have imagined I would be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing today so it's so true isn't it of like we don't always have that crystal ball to predict how things will pan out but actually I found that it always tends to pan out better than what you expected anyway Mm -hmm. um and it all starts with that permission, that permission slip and that choice of I choose joy. And that could even be an affirmation that you take away from this podcast and just repeat daily. I choose joy. Today, I choose joy, something like that, just to reinforce that you are making that conscious choice for joy. And it just starts with that. It starts with that intention. It starts with that choice. And the rest will unfold as, it, as it's meant to. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We get so stuck in the planning. And I think particularly at this time of year, as we're looking ahead to a new year, we get stuck in the detail. How am I going to make this happen? And it's the choice. The choice starts the snowball and everything else will come. Like you said, sometimes things happen that you would never have even put in the plan because you'd have never known it was a possibility. So just choose the feeling, choose what it is that you want for your life and then take some action. Don't get stuck in the planning of it. Yes, love that, Sophie. So where can everybody find you if they want to learn more about your work and becoming more joyful? Yeah, so I am over at Sophie Cliff on Instagram. That's where I spend a lot of time. My website is sophiecliff.com. And as you said at the beginning of the show, my book is called Choose Joy. You can find that Amazon Waterstones, all good sort of book retailers. And earlier in the year, I also released a new card deck called Sprinkles of Joy, which has got loads of little prompts on just how you can invite a little bit more joy into your everyday. So if you want to, yeah, make sure you're prioritizing joy in 2024, they, the book and the card deck might be a good place to start. Love it. And I'll put a clickable link to Sophie's work in the description below. So you have an easy accessible link as well. But thank you so, so much, Sophie, for coming on today. Honestly, I've absolutely loved wrapping up this year with you on the podcast. And I think it's been like the perfect topic for us as we go into January and have all these amazing, joyful tips and tools we can use moving forward. So honestly, thank you so much for sharing all your pearls of wisdom with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to chat about my favorite subject. For listening to another one of my podcast episodes, I really hope you've enjoyed Sophie and I's conversation today. As always, you can find a clickable link to Sophie's work in the description below. And if you want to find out anything more about myself, my books, my videos, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. 
So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week, whatever you're up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.